Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's Brian Shep Hard. I am John, below average draft position, Hogue. And this is the Super Flex Super Show. Two man show as we uh, transition. A little bit more, Brian, into our uh, our off-season format here. We're not going to totally abandon what we've been doing every single week. Um, so, uh, we you know, we still want to talk a little bit of in-season stuff. But uh, in, later in the week, actually, the, the rest of the guys, the rest of our co-hosts, so uh, James Stompy and Ethan, are uh, they're going to do a live show talking about some start sits for week 14. Um, so, uh, so keep an eye out for that. You can, you can check it out live on YouTube, um, get in the chat and ask some start sit questions. And then they're also going to break down matchups a little bit and, uh, talk injuries with Dr. Ethan. So we're, we're still gonna, uh, help out those who are, who are still alive in those super flex leagues going into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, but we also want to start to transition a little bit into, non-point scoring season just for you buddy oh thank you <laughs> uh we we want to start discussing you know what goes on beyond the fantasy playoffs a little bit um you know particularly for dynasty leagues and uh we're we're gonna have our you know our our, our off-season format sorry non-point scoring season format uh is is probably going to consist of two episodes every single week um, one informative and one more just kind of for fun. And uh, we're going to start moving towards that a little bit as, you know, as more and more people drop out of contention in your fantasy leagues and uh, start looking ahead to 2020 and beyond. And so tonight we're going to, we're, we're, so we've been, you and I have been doing standard operating procedures throughout the, throughout this regular season and we don't want to totally get away from that. So here's how we can do this. We're, we're still going to, we've still got some standard operating procedures for you, for your super flex leagues, but this is going to be with more of a, from more of a dynasty perspective. We're going to identify some buys and sells based on the brand new, fresh out of the oven, super flex ADP available at dynastyleaguefootball.com. We just ran mock drafts that determine this new ADP and now Brian and I, we get to analyze it. And, uh, I think we can find some buys, some sells. We can talk about some outliers. We can, you know, some, some surprise, uh, draft positions, all of that. We've got a lot to talk about with this ADP. And honestly, you know, we, we could really talk about this for 
hours and hours. This is about 290 players who were ultimately drafted between these mock drafts. So there's plenty to go over here. Um, more than honestly, we're really going to even have time for. So with that being said, um, before we get to that, though, Brian, I've got a question for you because I tweeted out today. Um, you know, I, I didn't feel like it would be super, super helpful to tell everybody, you know, here's how I did in my leagues. Here's how many of my teams made the playoffs. Here's how many of my teams got an overall, you know, a, a first round buy or a number one overall seed. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like that's particularly helpful to people. That's just kind of that that's just kind of bragging a little bit. I mean, for lack of a better term. That's kind of how that felt. So what I tweeted out instead was, you know, rather than tell you my success rate across my leagues, I'll say this. I did best in leagues with short benches. I did horrible in leagues without waivers. I do have some of those. I wasn't great in best ball leagues. Setting lineups is way better for me than uh, than best ball leagues. And heavy running back drafting still doesn't work for me. And call this hashtag my fantasy profile. So I'm curious about you, Brian Har. What is your hashtag my fantasy profile? What does that look like? What were your strengths and weaknesses here in 2019? Yeah, I think the thing that sticks out for me right off the bat is I was I was strong. And this is fitting given that this is the Superflex Super Show. I was strong in Superflex leagues, um, which is great. Because a lot of those leagues are, are are ones that I care care about a lot. So, um, you know, I, I think for just just a, a general glance, I did very well in my superflex leagues. I did awful in one quarterback leagues, like really bad, like embarrassingly bad. So I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't I haven't dug that deep yet. I'm still, you know, uh, just sorting through kind of uh, all of these teams and and seeing where I am uh, today you know, in terms of playoffs and whatnot, but, um, but the, but the other thing I'm going to do here, so I, I am going to, I'm going to talk about, um, a specific league if that's all right with you. Oh, for sure. Um, so I'm, this is, this is a league. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I have been, so, so I joined this league. This was my very first super flex, very first one that I ever joined. Um, and I've been absolutely awful in this league. Like, rebuilding from pretty much prior to week one of the first year. Like it was awful. Like I had a, I had an okay draft, but I went, I didn't know what I was doing essentially. Uh, and, and I hadn't listened to this fine show yet. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a bad situation. And I made a couple of trades that really backfired um, and left my roster very depleted. I was very strong at quarterback, but I literally didn't have starters at other positions. So it was ugly. Um, three and 10 the first year, four and nine the second year, three and 10 again last year, um, 11 and two this year with a first round by. And I am stoked about it because it's been a grind. Uh, it's one of my favorite leagues that I'm in the guys and, and I know a couple of them at least listen to this show pretty regularly. So they probably know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and what league I'm talking about, but, uh, this has been a very rewarding season for me and I've had some luck. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't the top scorer. I think I was third in points, maybe third or fourth in points. Um, 
so so I had a couple of lucky weeks where you know I didn't score quite as high, but I faced a team that uh, didn't. And we can get into some of that stuff too, in far as, as far as scoring goes in the in the non point scoring season. Uh, that can be a show down the road. Uh, but uh, this particular league, I'm just really excited. Uh, th- there's a bunch of sharks in this league. They're very knowledgeable guys. Um, they they were all guys that were. Uh, regular posters at one time or another over at uh, Dynasty Dynasty League Football uh, on the forums. Um, very well respected guys over there. So um, it, it's a it's a very fun and entertaining league. It's a very challenging league. And uh, I, I said in our group chat today, I said, you know, I'm I'm proud of this season, even if it doesn't end up with a championship. I know a lot of people would be like, oh well, you know, if you if you if you ain't first, you're last, right? And I get it. But this particular league, I'm just I'm very pleased with the turnaround on my team this year um and to be competitive in this league finally after that rough stretch is really rewarding for me so i'm excited about that one um but but definitely that that's kind of the theme is is the superflex leagues i did do pretty well in um i didn't do as well in the trade addicts leagues as i wanted to this year i was real close in 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 um in a couple of them i think i'm i'm in so i'm in six and i made the, uh, the playoffs in three of those leagues and two of those leagues, I was the seventh team. Uh, I got bumped in point by points in one league, uh, and then just by record in the other one. But um, so next year is going to be different in the trade addicts leagues. I'm really going to try to push through and and, uh, and and try to be competitive in in more of those as well. But uh, yeah, this is a fun time of year to to kind of look back on on your rosters and on your teams and the general overall, you know success rate or whatever uh that you had depending on how many leagues you had and whatnot but uh but yeah it's it's fun it's a fun time of year yeah it is and but i also feel like it can be it can be extremely useful and that's kind of why i brought this up just because i feel like you know i you you can you can definitely just kind of look to just take an overview and say yeah you know i made it into the playoffs in half my leagues or you know, I made it in, in, in three quarters of my leagues and, um, but only, you know, like, uh, like 10% of them, I, I got a first round by whatever, like, you, you know, that, that's, that stuff is kind of interesting and in each league has its own individual story. So there's, you know, there's, there's, it, it's fun, but you know, when we kind of s- step back and look at, you know the the league the commonalities over the leagues and you know where did i do where did i do well where did i do poorly kind of look at your strengths look at your weaknesses i mean we can start to figure out like what are the processes that we need to focus on we being you know the superflex super show and all of our super friends who are who are out there listening you know what are the things that we can work on during this non point scoring season where can we improve processes uh, in order to, you know, to give ourselves a, a chance to, you know, Im- improve overall, regardless of the format. So again, for me, for instance, you know, I, I had a horrible time with best ball leagues. I don't know if that's something that's ever going to be a core competency of mine or not. I mean, I just have a really hard time thinking in terms of, um, y- you know, uh, like just, just the ceiling i have a hard time you know when i'm doing a startup draft i have a hard time separating the floor from the ceiling 
um, and, you know, is, is two totally separate variables. In most cases, when I'm trying to set a lineup, you know, I'm kind of considering both. I'm considering, you know, who's who's fairly safe, who's got a safe floor for me. You know, Julian Edelman, um, it, you know, uh, uh, Leonard Fournette, apparently. Um, you know, those those are kind of floor type of guys, but, um, you know, you're not going to get a lot of touchdowns. You're not going to get a lot of those big boom games from those guys. And therefore, I mean, they're they're really going to hurt you in in a best ball league. So, you know, what, how can I improve my process is to find those guys who are going to be more, you know, ha- have the higher ceiling and you know put aside what's their floor look like just just who are the guys who have the opportunity to every single week i'm going to be able to put out a, a lineup in my best ball league full of guys with high ceilings who are hitting it you know so that that's kind of the type of thing that we're looking for and 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 you know how do we do that how do we improve that stuff and I, I say it every week when it, during our sign off, you know, it, we we expand our reach of the podcast um, through ratings and reviews. More people find us, more people interact with us, more people tell us these are the things I'm having a hard time with. How can we improve on this stuff? And from there, we can as a show, we can start to kind of put together some some, you know, some show formats and talk to some people, you know, bring on, bring in guests who can help us break this down and just kind of refine those processes over the course of the non-point scoring season. So I think that's going to be the goal. So, you know, I, I, but I, I think it all starts with just kind of doing an audit of not only how did you do just kind of generally speaking, but where did you do well? Where are your processes, you know, pretty correct? And which leagues did you not do as well? And, and you know, try and figure out why and try and improve on it. So uh, my I think my question for you, I mean, you know, you said that you did particularly well in Superflex leagues. What were your what were some commonalities for you um, in those leagues as far as, you know, your roster construction, your roster management but were there were there players that were pretty consistently on every roster? Um, it, did you did you take a, a similar approach in those leagues? Uh, what you know what what makes those leagues uh, you know uniformly successful? Yeah, so <clears throat> this one's going to give you a little bit of a pat on the back too, Mister Hogue. Um, nice, I'm all for that. <laughs> uh, I, I think the leagues. I mean, the leagues where I had quarterback depth. Mm-hmm is is really where i was strong because there were a lot of injuries this year a lot of injuries this year to quarterbacks and and not just like you know qb2s i mean you know you had ben roethlisberger drew Brees. i mean go down the line i mean there was just a bunch of quarterbacks this year mahomes was out for a couple weeks you know um i i think just having qb depth and having people i'll, I'll tell you who was a lifesaver for me was jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett was a lifesaver for me this year, um, and, and not not in a sense of not in a sense of uh, just, just in a sense of keeping me afloat because you know he he 
I mean, he had some good weeks, but he had a lot of average weeks that if I didn't have him, I wouldn't have been able to stay afloat during that uh, a time when like Pat Mahomes, for example, a couple leagues that I have Mahomes in when he went out with the knee and missed the two games. I mean, you lose Pat Mahomes for a couple games. That's not losing. You're, you know, I mean, that's not losing a middle of the road quarterback. That's I mean, we're talking, you know, it'd and be you, the same thing if, if something happened to one of the other top end quarterbacks, you know, um, and you're not replacing him on by or on waivers. Right. It, right. Exactly. It's exactly. just not out there. Exactly. So just having that depth um, where, you know, it, where, and, and the other thing about depth is you can play matchups then with with your quarterback, too. You know, so instead of being stuck because you only have two quarterbacks or you have three quarterbacks, but one of them is really you don't want to play them. You know, I mean, you, I mean, they're there if you have to, but like, you know, you're probably not getting a whole lot out of them. You know, and I know that's a situation you've never been in in your life. <laughs> only having two or three quarterbacks. But, you know, in, in some leagues you, that, you know, some people take that strategy. You know, they feel like they don't need that depth. And I think for me personally, this year, the places where I've had the quarterback depth, um, I've I've been able to sustain through some injuries uh, that have helped keep me afloat. And now I'm in a position with my quarterbacks back healthy, Pat Mahomes specifically. I have a lot of shares of Pat Mahomes, and I don't know how I got there because I didn't prior to the blow up. But I think I paid the price a couple places um, for him and, and, and whatnot. And I'm happy that I have uh, some shares. So, but yeah, that, that was the thing for me. I think quarterback depth um, really, really helped. And um, yeah, I mean, that's the one that definitely sticks out. Yeah. yeah. And I think one other, one other point I wanted to make, but it kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying uh, before you asked me that question there. Sure. Um you know, acknowledging weakness isn't it, it doesn't mean you're not a good fantasy player, right? No, no. I mean, not it's at all. it's not. I, I think sometimes people hear that and it's like, well, you know, well, if I have a weakness, you know, it's it's that means I'm weak and I'm not good at this or I'm not, you know, whatever. Just, that's totally false. I mean, acknowledge your weaknesses so you can get better. You know, I mean, the whole point is to be as good at this game as you can be. And obviously you listen to podcasts, you, you know, read articles, you do whatever you do, you know, self-analysis though, and, and finding these trends that John and I are talking about is part of that process. It's another way that you can strengthen your, your process so that you get the results that you desire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's what I mean. I mean it, we're we're capable of doing it. I, you know, if 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 I felt like it just was not possible for me to to ever you know crack the code on best ball, I mean, I would just quit all those leagues. You know, I would just I, I would just walk away from them and say, you know what, this is not anything that I'm ever going to understand. First of all, I'm way too arrogant for that, <laughs> and and way too competitive for that. But second of all, I, I don't feel like, you know, it, it's, it's I, this, this is a temporary weakness, you know, it, it's just like, like exercise, like working out, like lifting weights, you know, like I, I, you know, I can only, I can only bench press this much right now. That doesn't mean I just quit lifting weights. I just, 
you know, do it more and get better at it until I can lift this much, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal here, I think. So, um, so yeah, I think that's an important point. Like it's, it's actually very useful to consider your weaknesses, consider the weaknesses in your game. And, you know, it's also, it also helps when, you know, it, it, it's acceptable to have weaknesses. It's not acceptable to have blind spots. So we, we don't want to, to, you know, be completely unaware of the fact that we're not good at something because you have no chance of fixing that. If you identify a weakness, then you can fix it. You can strengthen it from there. So that's, that's kind of what we're setting out to do. Uh, and, and I, that's how we're going to spend this non point scoring season. Uh, to be totally honest, that's that's going to be a lot of what we're going to do. I, we're still going to have a lot of fun and and, you know, do a lot of inter- entertaining exercises throughout the non-point scoring season. You know, things like Tinder Flex. Um, we always love playing that. We can do some super sixes that don't always they don't always relate to football entirely. Some of them do. Some of them don't, um, you know, in a lot of other stuff that we've kind of come up with. Um, and, and some new stuff that we're going to bring to the table. Um, but at the same time, we also want to, to make sure that we're, that we're honing those processes and getting better at every aspect of this game so that it goes from, you know, 50% success rate to 75% success rate to a hundred percent success rate, regardless of the format, I'm out there kicking ass, even in my best ball leagues, that's going to be the goal. Uh, for all of us. So, but let's talk a little bit about the ADP that just came out again, dynastyleaguefootball.com. And uh, if you've got premium access, you can see the, the, all the results of those mock drafts that formed this ADP. Uh, and there was some pretty, pretty interesting stuff that came out of uh, this, uh, this November ADP. Um, and, uh, and I think that we want to analyze it. Uh, the very first thing, and I hate to do it to you, but I have to point out something uh, that I think it is interesting. You're going to think it's disgusting. Um, I don't think that either of us necessarily agree with this. Um, but Saquon Barkley was not drafted first overall in any of the mock drafts. We have Pat Mahomes was drafted first overall twice. Christian McCaffrey was drafted first overall in one of them out of three mock drafts. Saquon Barkley, though, the I, I mean, he was drafted second overall in two of them, sixth overall in one of these mocks. That's such. <laughs> I almost cussed. <laughs> so I, I mean, okay, first, first question, first and foremost, Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey for you? Okay, so bias aside. <laughs> Yeah, if, I mean, if it's, it's it's pro. I can't put my bias aside. Okay, but here's so right. here's well. but here's the deal, and I've 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 briefly mentioned this elsewhere, and I I will say it here as well. I I don't I can I mean, you kind of have to be stupid not to say Christian McCaffrey. I mean, really, I mean, it's okay. it's it's near now. Here here's the thing. I'm not saying. I would do it because I don't know that I could do it because it's me. Okay. (laughs) But, but it, 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 I mean, based on the situation, based on the usage, based on 
well, pretty much everything. Um, I mean, how, how, how is it not, how is it not McCaffrey? You know, I mean, yeah. I know how you think it's not McCaffrey, but yeah, <laughs> but how, you know, if, if, I, if it's going to be a running back, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how it's not him right now. I mean, again, I think, I think when you're talking about talent and future potential, mm -hmm. I think Saquon's right there. And I think for me, I'd take him because of all the things I always talk about. Just, I love the guy and he's my favorite player and I went to Penn well, state and all that stuff. Yeah. But well, I don't blame anybody for taking Christian McCaffrey first overall. I think, I think he just, I mean that, that really, I understand the pick. Yeah, I don't, I don't. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll even, you know, because you, like you said, I mean, it's, it's pretty well documented just kind of how I feel about running backs in general. I feel like they're bad investments, but this is why. Like this, this illustrates it. So, you know, I'm going to talk just strictly within the running back tier or, you know, within, within the running back universe, like take out the other positions. I, I mean, you know, this time a year ago, Saquon Barkley was, I mean, you, you had to give up half of your starting lineup to get Saquon Barkley. You know, it, we were seeing five X, six X, you know, rookie, rookie first value for Saquon Barkley. That's what it took, you know, meaning like the equivalent of five 2019 rookie picks, sometimes as much as six 2019 rookie picks to get Saquon Barkley. And, you know, so he was a consensus number one for everybody that first of all, like, you know, Pat Mahomes was, was close, but it was pretty consistently in these mock drafts. Saquon going first overall. And yeah. it, 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 you know, that, that was just a year ago. Like what has actually changed in, in that amount of time? That's, that's kind of my first question. Is Christian McCaffrey playing well? Of course he's, he's been lights out other than a, you know, kind of a, a dud against Washington in week 13. Otherwise he's, he's been amazing, but I mean, did he actually get better at football than Saquon Barkley? Like, is that actually the case? No. No, of course not. The talent didn't change for either one of these guys. All that changed is, it. I mean, first of all, the availability. Saquon right. Barkley missed some time with that high ankle sprain. And, and if we're being totally honest, it wasn't until week 13 where he looked fully healthy, even after he did come back. And I'm not convinced he's fully healthy anyway. Yeah, probably not. I mean, we we saw some flashes, but we still didn't see. We haven't seen the full capability of Saquon Barkley since that injury. And when was that? Like week three, something like that. It was early in the season. Yeah, three or four. Yeah. Yep. So it, this is my problem, and just kind of overall, when it comes to you know dynasty values and dynasty rankings, we're we're way too quick to jump on a from one bandwagon to the next. And we end up in pretty suboptimal situations here. So like I said, you know, going into the 2019 season. So not even not even a year ago, not even a calendar year ago. Like just go back to September. You know, early September of 2019. And again, you you the cost for Saquon Barkley was first of all is more than any other player in the you know, in the entire NFL in in the fantasy football universe. 
but it was it it was five times you know five five twenty nineteen picks and they better better be early picks you know if you were gonna try and do it with with uh, later picks I mean you've you had to do it with something like you know six through twelve essentially and uh, and you probably still had to throw in a player. Well, now we're saying, though, that, you, you know, after you paid that much to get Saquon Barkley, or, you know, even if you drafted him first overall in your startup and, um, you know, assuming that he he held that type of value, now you have to trade Saquon plus to get Christian McCaffrey. Like We, we have this, this, this very flawed system that's based on, you know, what's happening right now. And it's costing us, it's costing all of us a ton of dynasty value. The fact that we're willing to move on from Saquon Barkley that quickly and diminish his value from, you know, five rookie first round picks to, you know, any other player plus something. You lost a ton of value on, on Saquon Barkley because of that, you know? And, and it, it just, it, it's not right. It doesn't make any sense for, because again, nothing actually changed. Saquon Bar- Barkley didn't forget how to play football. Christian McCaffrey didn't suddenly become a better football player than Saquon Barkley. It's just the fact that Christian McCaffrey has been healthy and has been playing exceptionally well right now. But that's the problem with the running back position. That's that's my big issue is the fact that these guys, this happens every single season where there's that one guy who has this particularly great season, and especially late in the season is where things really get turned around. Like Derrick Henry's ADP is going to shoot through the roof in December. Right. You know, but they, you know, they they have that great season they put a full season together and and then we anoint them kind of the new 1.01 it's like people magazine's sexiest man alive you know like now it's this year it's john legend i think last year it was the rock it's blake like the, shelton yeah blake one, blake one shelton of those was at one point matthew yep. mcconaughey was at one point those guys are still all around like they they didn't like they didn't die to, right for like how did how do you go from being the sexiest man alive like in a in a world where John Legend existed last year? I, right. I, I'm pretty sure it was The Rock last year. So I, I I mean forgive me if I've got that wrong, but um, just for this hypothetical, we're gonna call it The Rock because I think that's who it was. So John Legend was alive last year. He looked the exact same as he does this year. The Rock was the sexiest man alive last year. He looks the exact same as he does this year. Like, how did how did those two switch? What actually changed there? It doesn't make any sense for you know to to call one of them sexier than the other this year, but they weren't last year. It's yeah. the same thing with the running back position. It, it nothing changed. Saquon Barkley is still the better running back than Christian McCaffrey. We just we we just moved on to the to the new sexiest player for the moment. Yeah, so you're going to trigger a lot of people with that statement 
that the last part of that that For Saquon sure. Barkley is a better running back than Christian McCaffrey. I tend to believe that's true overall, and that isn't a slight to Christian McCaffrey because I think he's a pretty good one too. Yeah, an elite and an elite one. Um, you know, I I think I so I real quick if Saquon Barkley. No, yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm I interrupted you, but to me, Christian McCaffrey is a close second to Saquon Barkley, Mm -hmm. but that was true last year as well, right? To to me, you know, I don't think that 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 part changed. Yeah, and I think that John is where is. I mean, I think that's where the trip up is. You know, and and just in terms of moving the guys around. I mean, I think that people moved McCaffrey up into that 101 slot because he has been healthy. He has been, I mean, he scored over 30 fantasy points in like what, like all but one week or something. Like it's insane. I mean, it's just insane. And, and yes, all the things that you just said are, are absolutely true. You know, Staquan Barkley is still the talented guy that he is. Uh, you know, he's going to most likely barring injury, be a, an absolute stud for the next however many years his running back career lasts um you know so all of that is true i think what moves him up in what moves mccaffrey up into the spot is availability and we've talked before about availability uh, excuse me uh availability being the best ability <laughs> or yeah. you know or or a very important one at least um and you know and secondly the situation if you put Saquon Barkley in Carolina's offense, I think he does exactly what Christian McCaffrey does. You yeah. know, I, I and 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 vice versa. I think if you put Christian McCaffrey in the New York Giants offense, I think that looks different too. I mean, the situation gives him a bump. I I think the situation and the production that that McCaffrey has had and the availability, all three of those things combined, are what moves him up. It it for me, it's it's a um again and we're talking about Saquon here so it's it's not ra- for me it's not rational it, it it is irrational it's not rational um <laughs> but you know when when i've heard you talk previously about ranking ranking players and you're ranking specifically with quarterbacks um you know it it takes a while for you to to come off of like Aaron Rodgers is a perfect example and I'm not trying I'm not trying to hammer that I'm not going to call him Ryan Tannehill or, or whatever James whatever James did <laughs> earlier you. today I've in the chat that, that was oh my goodness um but but and, and I think he's doing that I mean par- partially uh, you might believe that a little bit but I think he yeah I think they're doing that to rub you a little bit but for sure um, but yeah. the you know but but you know it, it took a while for you to to move Patrick Mahomes up above Aaron Rodgers. You had to see it for more than just one season. I think with McCaffrey here, so so just speaking on that, your ranking process and knowing the way that you do that, I think everything that you said about Saquon Barkley and being the same guy, um, you know, and and McCaffrey being the same guy and all of that, I mean, I I completely understand where you're coming from there. And I, th- I think it makes sense in the framework of the way that you do your rankings. Yeah. Um, I think for for I think other people are quicker to adjust. And I don't know that that's always better. I'm, I'm not saying that's a better way. And, and sometimes it probably yeah, sometimes <laughs> it probably isn't. Absolutely. I think there's a balance in between there. I think a lot of people are extremely reactionary. I think adjusting your rankings every week is 
Um, I mean, I mean, I don't think that's very smart. I mean, you don't, you don't now. I also don't think it always needs to be a full season, right? I mean, DJ Chark wasn't even on the top 250 probably for a lot of people. You know what I mean? I mean, he, he probably was, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, DJ Chark was an afterthought essentially. Mm-hmm. And then boom, right? Yeah. So by week four or six, if you haven't adjusted that, well, then you're you're not. I mean, you're <laughs> missing out on opportunities in the same. But in the same breath, if you moved him from 200 to 27 in week one because he had two touchdowns receiving, that's not really realistic either. There's a balance there, I think, at least for me. Um you know, between adjusting accordingly and 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 necessarily throughout the course of a season, you know, but at the same time not adjusting, you know, too quickly either. Right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I mean you 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 have to move these guys up as they perform. You know, you have to get them at least in in the proper tier like dj chark has has put himself in he's he's a young run or a, a young wide receiver we know that wide receivers hold their value longer we know that the second year breakout is is a common occurrence you know we know that and now he's he's back with a quarterback gardner Minshew, who's you know a, a who's a rookie who likely can be a long-term uh, you know, source of stability for them at that position. And he targets DJ Chark heavily. So, you know, for, for these reasons, like we know that DJ Chark has to move up in our rankings. Now, uh, I mean, if, if he performs as, you know, if he finishes the 2019 season as, you know, a top 10 wide receiver for fantasy purposes, does that mean that he's a top 10 wide receiver for dynasty purposes. I don't think, I don't think that, you know, I, I think that it's, it's too small of a sample size to do that. But uh, I, I do think that he has to move up, you know, closer to the, to the tier that he belongs in, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, other, other guys of a similar age, similar situation, um, similar talent, similar production. So, you know, guys like DJ Moore and Cortland Sutton, I think DJ Chark belongs in, in that conversation, but I'm not going to move him up into the Michael Thomas, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. I, I'm not going to move DJ Chark ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. because I know better. I know that there's more talent with Beckham than there is with DJ Chark. Even though it didn't show out in 2019, I I, I still know that there's more talent there. So, yeah, but you know, the running back position is, is even tougher. So here's what we do to ourselves. So I went back to September, uh, in, uh, um, dynasty rankings at the running back position over the last few years. So I went back to 2014, LaShawn McCoy in September of 2014 was the number one running back. One year later, it was Le'Veon Bell. One year later, it was Ezekiel Elliott. One year later, it was David Johnson. One year later, it was Todd Gurley. One year later, it was Saquon Barkley. It's literally changing every single year, which tells me 
that when a running back gets to, you know, the running back one status and, and therefore, you know, 1.01 in, you know, regardless of your format, most people are going to draft a, a running back first overall, whoever that guy is sell him because that is his peak value. It's, it's his highest value. Now Saquon Barkley has a chance to get back to it at some point. Christian McCaffrey has a chance to get to it at, back to it at some point, but it's not going to be in consecutive years. That doesn't happen this time next year. It's not going to be Christian McCaffrey. Who's the running back one and the 1.01 overall in dynasty formats. I don't know who it's going to be, but all I know is it for sure is not going to be Christian McCaffrey. So now's the time. Basically what we're, what we're kind of doing here is our first set of standard operating procedures for your dynasty leagues, whether it's super flex or otherwise sell Christian McCaffrey, because he is at peak value right now. He's, he's only going to lose value from here and buy Saquon Barkley because right now you can get him at a massive discount compared to where he was at a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I think, um, I think what happens too is that when when people, I mean, if you have Christian McCaffrey on your team right now, I, I mean, you're hearing somebody say sell a 24 year old running back who <laughs> it, it now has back to back seasons of over 2,000 total yards and and just insane amount of fantasy production, and it's like, uh, no, right? I mean, that's but but what we're saying is. If you can sell him and get Saquon Plus, or you can sell him and get Alvin Kamara Plus, if you uh, I know that's a sore subject today, sorry. Uh, <laughs> if you can sell him and get, you know, um, Michael Thomas, if you can sell him and get, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, whatever. I mean, the the point is, he is at peak value. So yep. if you can get another player that you believe is in that elite tier, plus a little. Maybe it makes sense to spin the wheels on that. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does cash in now because, again, he, he's only going to lose value from here. He He's not going to lose talent. That's that's the whole point with all this. The talent is Saquon Barkley didn't lose talent. He just lost d- dynasty value. So, you know, take advantage of that. That's that's the way the market works. It, it's it, tail as old as time Buy low, sell high. Now's the time to buy Saquon Barkley because he's he, he's like half the cost that he was just a year ago or even, you know, back in September. So, you, you, sir, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to interrupt you for just a second. You are very lucky that I didn't just break into song there and <laughs> yeah. sing the Beauty and the Beast so, theme. That's because, stuck in so many people's head right now. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have, well, and my, and my daughter is almost three years old. So this is like a real part of our everyday life is these Disney <laughs> movies. So, I mean, it was, it was right there on the tip of the tongue. So I, I controlled myself uh, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of did. How about this? The theme song from uh, the theme song from DuckTales. Now that one's stuck in your head instead. I'm trying to think of it. I, you know, you know what? When you said that, so, so, yeah, no, I can, I can do Darkwing Duck. 
Oh, I don't remember I can, that one. But I can't do. I can't. I cannot think of the duct tape. We're gonna. I, that's gonna be an after the show thing. We're gonna look that stuff up. And make <laughs> sure that I remember. Get all the words right. Ducktails. <laughs> oh yes, yes, there yes, you go. yes. Okay, there gotcha, you go. gotcha. That was had, just enough. That was just had to enough. get it stuck in your head for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all right. Let's let's this being a quarterback centric podcast. Let's talk about quarterbacks for a minute. I think we can move on i i got i got in my obligatory running back rant um so now let's focus in on the quarterbacks a little bit because these mock drafts did get this part right pat mahomes 1.01 he's the number one asset in all of superflex dynasty he went first overall in two of the three mocks that that's the way it should be uh deshaun watson is uh the second quarterback he went 1.04 is the consensus uh, he went as high as second overall to Pat Mahomes. Um, he never went ahead of Pat Mahomes. Uh, he went as late as 10. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the quarterback three consensus pick 1.07, 1.08. I'm sorry. We're going to throw out Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, th- this uh, this data gets a little bit skewed when it comes to the GOAT because uh, so I, so you were the ninth pick in Mach one and the 10th pick in Mach three without <laughs> well, no, no. So I'm, I'm the 10th pick <laughs> overall in every mock draft that I do. Ah. Um, so, so, you know, I try not to skew it too much so that I'm not reaching way too far for, you know, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, but I did end up, I, I ended up queuing up quarterbacks based on my rankings, Aaron Rodgers was the one who kept falling to me. So I got him in uh, mock three. I got him with my first pick, uh, 10th overall, uh, in mock two, I got him, uh, with my second round pick 15th overall. And in mock one, uh, whoever was drafting right ahead of me knew that they could mess with me by taking Aaron Rodgers and, and sniping me on him. So they took him at ninth overall and that drove Aaron Rodgers value way up. So, we have to throw him out, unfortunately, because I, I don't think that this is accurate. I think that, you know, if 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 I got out of the way and let this play out, Aaron Rodgers would go far later than uh, 12th overall uh, mm-hmm. for consensus. Mm-hmm. So, again, Pat Mahomes is uh, quarterback one, Deshaun Watson, quarterback two, Lamar Jackson, quarterback three. We'll skip Aaron Rodgers and go to Russell Wilson, quarterback four. At 2.02, Dak Prescott, quarterback five at 2.05. Kyler Murray is quarterback six at 2.07. Uh, Carson Wentz is quarterback what, seven mm-hmm. um, at uh, 2.12. Matt Ryan is quarterback eight at 3.02. Baker Mayfield, quarterback nine at 3.07. And then um, Jared Goff is quarterback 10 at four, 4.03. And we get a little bit of a quarterback run here. So Jared Goff at 403, Kirk Cousins at 404. Um, and then after Travis Kelsey, then we get Matthew Stafford at 406, Jimmy Garoppolo at 407, Josh Allen at 4.08. So a pretty massive quarterback run right there. Um, kind of split up by, by Travis Kelsey. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll technically Jared Goff, it rounds out the top 10 quarterbacks, but Kirk Cousins is right there. 
Uh, he went ahead of Goff in two of the three mocks. Uh, Matthew Stafford is right there. He went ahead of Goff in uh, one of the mocks. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went ahead of Goff in one of the mocks. Um, no, that's not true. He did not go ahead of of Goff. So that's that's good. Um, uh, but Garoppolo and Josh Allen are still kind of in that conversation. Josh Allen, uh, in his best, he went ahead of Jared Goff in in one mock and one pick after Jared Goff in one mock. So those guys are kind of all quarterback ten essentially for me. Goff, or according to this ADP, uh, Goff, Cousins, Stafford, Garoppolo, Allen. So there's your top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, do you see anything that, I mean, so again, for me, the uh, the the obvious statement here is you know, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, those guys are all way too low just by virtue of the fact that they're going after freaking running backs. But put that part aside, just, just in terms of the quarterback position, uh, do you see any of these guys that you feel like they're going too early, going too late? Um, they're, you know, they're, they're too high within the quarterback position or too low within the quarterback position. Um, hmm. So I think I think the one that is interesting to me is Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um I don't necessarily think that he's I mean I think that's it's okay that he's slotted where he is. Um he's the one to me I think that has a chance to really go from where he is currently to up into that top 5 range here moving forward. Um, just from a fantasy perspective, you know, he, he's, he's looked, I don't know. I, he's, he's Kyler Murray's look pretty good, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and man, the rushing is, is huge right. If, it, if you care about that. <laughs> well, if, um, and as fantasy players, of course we care about that. I mean, that's, that's fantasy production, right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, he, he, and, and, and the rushing yards just kind of help lift the floor, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think as this team builds around him, uh, I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. It really is. Uh, you know, and, and again, assuming they keep their coach too, because that's the other thing. Um, you know, you, you bring a new coach in there that doesn't like having a five foot nine quarterback. I know he's listed at five ten, but he's, he's, he might not be five six, but, um, that was a joke, John. <laughs> yeah. Laugh a little. There they are. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Any, anyways, um, uh, I'm I'm just like filled with rage over. <laughs> we're over talking the running about backs. how. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And we're talking about how little this guy is, and and how you know so much of his upside is predicated on the ability to run, and 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 yet it, we're still. To me, we're overdrafting him. <laughs> if if it, like the fact that those are even variables in this guy's profile. Okay, so let me ask you another question. Okay, okay, and and I'm gl you be glad it's me because <laughs> right? if there was one of our other co-hosts here. We would there would be some funny There'd be dialogue back and forth. Yeah. Um, so do you think? I mean, do you think Lamar Jackson is being overdrafted? Yes. 
Oh man. Yes, I do. I am not with you on that, my friend. Really? No. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really not. It, it, it's not horrible. Um, you know, it, so there was uh, in one mock, he was the second quarterback taken mm-hmm. uh, after Pat Mahomes. So he went ahead of Deshaun Watson. Okay. So let me ask you this how far? Because I can make an argument for Russ Wilson. Yeah. That's I the, can make that argument. That's the big one for me. Ru- uh, Russell Wilson to me should still be ahead of Lamar Jackson. Okay. Because there's there's less risk with okay. with Russ. Okay. Would you have him at 4 or would you still have Aaron Rodgers up there? Well, uh, <laughs> the, that one's going to be really tough for me because okay. my problem with Lamar Jackson is, you know, the 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 rushing upside uh which, you know, uh, honestly a big part of his of his fantasy production has been in a running game. You know, has been it, you know, and it's a lot of designed runs. It's it's not even him just kind of taking off and and running because he doesn't see anything. Like they're actually designing runs for him a lot, and that's not a good thing. Like in the same way that we talk about this with running backs, in the way that it shortens their their career expectancy because you know every one of those runs for a running back you know, 99% of them end with some kind of collision, which is an opportunity for injury. You know, you, you, you have to say the same thing about Lamar Jackson, Uh, you know, over a hundred times every single season, he's going to take off and run. And every time he does that, you know, it, 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 the worst, or it, you know, in the best case scenario, he's going to take a little bit of uh, you know, somewhat necessary damage to his body. I, I, you know, it, it, to me, it's a little bit hard to justify with your franchise quarterback. Um, but you know, in at the worst, it, it's putting him at risk of, of taking a hit to the lower body that can, first of all, turn into a career end or a, a season ending injury, not likely career, but a season ending injury. And from there it can become chronic. You know, it can become degenerative. The, these are like that's that's the the risk that you're taking on with Lamar Jackson, and I I think that that's important. I think that we have to consider that we you know it it's easy to say yeah we're we're playing dynasty, you know we're playing in in three to five year windows. That's fine, but the reality is guys like Lamar Jackson are going to get to the end of that three year window with less value than he has right now because the injuries are going to start to creep in and start to pile up. So, okay. the, you know, so, so that's my issue with Lamar Jackson. Now, what I will say though, is even with that baked in, I, I, I think that, you know, the kind of the worst case scenario for Lamar Jackson, he still has the exact same career expectancy as Aaron Rodgers from this point forward. That's worst case scenario for Lamar Jackson. So, you know, it kind of comes down to talent. <laughs> Stompy's power bombing you through a table right now. Like <laughs> he wishes he could. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So so and and look, I, I obviously know how both of you guys feel. I obviously have my own opinions about Lamar Jackson, but let me so let me ask you a question as a quarterback guy, right? Quarterback focused yeah. on this show. Mm-hmm. What's the most important quarterback statistic for you? 
is it is it completion percentage? Is it uh, quarterback rating? Is it what what is the most important statistic that give that you feel gives you the most information about a passer? Uh that's a tough one because I don't know that there is one any one statistic that that gets you there. Okay. You know, it, like completion percentage is important, but. Uh, you know, you can you can have a, a high completion percentage with a low attempt, okay. um, and and you know it, it doesn't it doesn't tell you what you need to know. So it, it it's somewhere in there. You know, it's it's um it in in even then. I mean, you can attempt a lot of passes and complete a lot of them, but you're kind of dumping it off short. Like so, they all just kind of work together. You know the yeah. the. The attempts, the completions, the 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 yards, the adjusted air yards, you know, all of this stuff just all kind of kind of comes together. Okay. Okay. So I was asking um, that because I feel like he's got pretty good. I mean, when you look at at those numbers, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson is impressive in every single one of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, he's really he's really playing. I mean, I mean, look. Your points are 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 valid and are are taken here. Okay, injury risk. I I can understand that point. I, I don't. I think the games that I've watched and I've watched a lot of Lamar Jackson just because he's in the division. Uh, he he. I I have him on a couple of teams. Um, he he. I mean, yeah, he he gets hit because he's running the football, but he also seems to have a knack for knowing when not to take a hit. You know, uh, when to duck out of bounds after getting a first down or when to slide or do whatever that little dive forward shoulder roll thing is, <laughs> you know, so so but but again, your your point, I understand your point there. And yes, there is increased risk with a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, also a lot of the fantasy production that he has had has been because of his rushing okay but when you look at his his passing it's been very efficient very very good i mean all of the passing numbers are good they're there yeah so it, it's that's and that's why he's so insanely above everybody else in terms of fantasy scoring is because when you add the pass i mean if he i still th- if you take the rushing yards i saw a, a tweet on twitter and i can't i I'm not going to be able to find it right now. I should have prepared better. I'm sorry. Um, but it was something like if you took his rushing yards com- completely out of the equation, you took all of the rushing yards out, you took the rushing TDs out. Mm-hmm. He's still like QB seven or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like he's, it's not like it. it's not his floor to me. You know, we've made the argument in the past about his floor because of the running. But if you take the running completely away, I mean, he's doing a damn good job passing the football too. So, you know, and 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 look, we're we're arguing pins and needles here because you're you're talking about. I mean, you, you said there he's still, you know, Wilson's the one that you might have issues with, or or and Aaron Rodgers, and that's a whole nother discussion. We don't have to get into that, but but. So, so you're talking about dropping him from three to five, roughly. Right? Yeah, yeah, roughly. Um, I mean, maybe six. 
Yeah. I, yeah. If I, you drop I mean, them to eight, you're nuts, John. I'm sorry. No, that yeah, I I I agree with that. At this point, he's he's got to be, and and I mean, I think five is probably right. Um, but you know, I I don't think that it needs to be a big drop, and and I think that you know it's it, it to a point where you know Rogers and, and Jackson are kind of four A four B for me, and I don't even know for sure where I'm going to have those two. I I you know I I look at the guys after him, and I've had Carson Wentz ranked you know, within my top five for, um, for a couple seasons now. And, and it, again, you know, back to what we were saying with the running backs, like with Carson Wentz, the talent didn't go anywhere. The situation has changed a little bit and it's been a little bit of a down year, but he's still the same guy who had, who had that breakout MVP type of season in 2017 that, you know, just like Lamar Jackson is having right now, but he did it with a lot more, a lot more safety, you know, a lot less risk because he did it from, from standing and delivering from the pocket. Um, so, you know, it's, it's tough for me to keep Carson Wentz down, but the reality is, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to argue against the market when it comes to a quarterback who's just having a down season. And that's that, you know, that's, that's Carson Wentz. That's Jared Goff. Those guys still, I, I think talent wise, those guys still belong in the conversation. Dak Prescott absolutely belongs in the conversation. But at the end of the day, I don't I, I'm going to have a really hard time putting any of those guys ahead of Lamar Jackson. And honestly, I'm going to have a hard time doing it with Aaron Rodgers, too. I don't know that I'll be able to do it. But Russell Wilson absolutely belongs ahead of Lamar Jackson to me. I can, I can, and, and I can understand that one. I mean, that's the one for me, I think, too, that I can understand the argument. I don't have a problem with Jackson being three. I really don't. Um, but, but Wilson is the other guy, I think, that you could put in that slot. And I would be like, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, the other one here, and, and I'll be interested in your thoughts on this one, is Baker. So Baker's 10 or nine, uh, if we're removing Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on that uh man that feels about right to me that feels like where he should have been all along and i think where i had him ranked all along to be honest um i think people got a little ahead of themselves with baker first with the way he ended the season in 2018 and then um, you know, after that, you go get Ode- Odell Beckham Jr. and and Kareem Hunt, and all of a sudden, it looks like, you know, and and what they did on the defensive side, it, all of a sudden, it looks like this is this is a super team, and um, you know, Baker Mayfield is he's just got all the weapons in the world, and and he's ready to just take off, and you know, I I don't. I, I think that there were some people out there who who were realistic about what this was going to look like, but not very many. Mm-hmm. And I think that the overall market, the overall theory was, you know, here comes a massive breakout. And so you've got to get on, in on Baker Mayfield now as, you know, a top three type of quarterback, top five in a lot of cases. And that's where his value ended up at. And, and again, just like with the running backs, we lost a ton of value 
on Baker Mayfield. And we did that to ourselves by overvaluing him going into the season. And now it's just kind of corrected to where it belongs. That's, that's my feeling on it though. I I'm curious how you feel about, you know, Baker at, at QB. I, I think that he probably would be consensus QB 10. I don't think that people are going to move Aaron Rodgers so far down that, you know, that they, that they're, I don't think anybody's going to drop Aaron Rodgers below Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know that I would in my rankings. I think if, I mean, it, if that was offered to me straight up, it would be a difficult decision. I think mm-hmm. just based on the age, um, Baker's it's been weird. This, the, the whole thing has been weird. You know, he, he had a historic year last year uh, for a rookie quarterback. And then it just kind of like it isn't happening this year. And I don't know whether it's a, it's it, a lot. I think a lot of it probably has to do with an, their offensive line. Their offensive line is trash. Um, But I mean, even behind a bad offensive line, you know, I mean, Duck Hodges outperformed Baker Mayfield on Sunday. Yeah. Statistically, you know, with a backup running back and backup wide receivers. <laughs> and he came from 10 down. And like it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's wild. Um, how. I just, I, 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 th- you know, I, I wasn't one that had moved Baker into one or two slot, but I had moved him six ish. Um, and, and had thoughts that if, okay, coming into the year, if he, if he performs the way he did at the end of last season, then he's going to rise real quickly. And then obviously that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to feel about Baker right now. And in, in one way, I feel like he's almost a buy low a little bit because you, you saw flashes. I mean, obviously at Oklahoma and then, you know, in the rookie year last year in Cleveland, they fixed that offensive line. It's not like they're devoid of weapons you know, on the offensive side. Um, so if they can fix the line a little bit and give him time to throw, I think he, you know, I, I think he can be better. I don't know that he's ever going to be what Cleveland thought he was going to be. Um, and, and the fantasy community in Cleveland, I love you all. <laughs> um, go Steelers. Uh, you know, but, but, but I also don't think that he's the Baker that we've seen kind of too often this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think I think there's some talent there. I think there's opportunity for him to move back up into that, you know, five through seven range. Um, you know, maybe an occasional three to four or so. You know what I mean? But. So I don't know. Maybe this is a buy low opportunity for Baker. What do you what do you think about that? Um, or you just don't see it with him. I I I mean I I see definite talent. I mean I've I've been pretty high on Baker Mayfield. You know since he came out in the draft, he was, you know him and Josh Rosen were actually my two favorite out of that class, and um, clearly did not get that right. But 
I, I, I mean, I, I think that the talent is there. I think the situation is mostly there. Like you said, I mean, fix the offensive line. I also think they probably need, you know, a more, a more seasoned head coach. Um, you, you know, Todd Monken might even be fine at offensive coordinator that uh, you just, you just need a, an offensive or you, you need a head coach who, you know, has the ability to, to win over that locker room. And Freddie kitchens is not that guy. So, you know, I, I, I think that there are some, there's some work to be done there that could easily improve Baker Mayfield's overall situation. But so, you know, this, this isn't meant to be an indictment on Baker Mayfield's talent. Um, but to me, I, it, I, like I said, I think this is within the quarterback position. I think this is about right. You know, I, I could see, I could see, you know, Matt Ryan dropping below Baker Mayfield. I could see Kyler Murray dropping below Baker Mayfield, but I could just as easily see Jared Goff jumping back ahead of, of Baker Mayfield. I could see Josh Allen jumping ahead of Baker Mayfield, Kirk cousins. I could kind of see Cam, Cam Newton. Um, I could see jumping. So he's all the way down at, at five Oh eight. Uh, you know, so let's see, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 quarterback, 17 Cam Newton. I could see him jumping ahead of Baker Mayfield, you know? So, so it's not like, uh, Baker Mayfield only has room to go up. You know, there, there are guys who could still jump ahead of him, guys who are equally talented, if not more so who could still jump ahead of Baker Mayfield. So, so quarterback 10 is about right. You know, there's, there's room for some guys to drop below him. There's room for some guys to jump ahead of him. Um, so yeah, to me, to me, he's right where he belongs. I mean, I guess for that reason, you probably have to call him a little bit of a buy because it seems like people are maybe a little down on him and, and really just more than down on him, just kind of unsure about him. So he's got a standard deviation of almost seven. He went as high as 21st overall and as low as 41st overall. So, you know, almost a two full round difference in uh, in his draft position. And actually, it, with the other one being 37, I mean, clearly he's closer to, you know, 41st overall than he is to 21st overall in the average dynasty player's mind. So you know the fact that people are are that that unsure about how he's going to to perform going forward you know that that tells me that he's probably a, a buy low candidate but value wise i think he belongs right where he's at all right so i have one more that sticks out to me okay jimmy garoppolo yeah too high too yeah uh, so so here's probably. here's yeah you think you think or, or or you think i'm wrong there um he's he's a little high for me i yeah i think i can get on board with this i i i i love to hear more analysis from you though well so so here's here's all the analysis i need uh 51% of his touchdown passes are in 3 games yeah, Cincinnati, Arizona, Arizona. Very That's, bad 
I mean, defense. awful defenses. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, I just looked, I actually just looked at San Francisco's schedule. I mean, they've played trash. They've played a trash schedule this year. Now, I'm always one that says, and, you know, hey, every game in the NFL is a tough game. And, you know, you can only play, win the games that you play, right? Mm-hmm. So they've beaten the teams that they have, are supposed to beat. But, like, when Green Bay's your best win, I mean, Green Bay's a good win. That's a good win. Green Bay's a good win. Yeah. The other two tough teams they played, Seattle and Baltimore, they lost those games. Yeah. Washington, Cleveland. Sorry, James. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati, Tampa, Steelers. I mean, I mean, the Steelers aren't a, a great team, especially early in the year when they played them. Um, you know, Carolina. You know, it, it's been a it's been a pretty nice schedule for the Niners. So this will be interesting down the stretch here: New Orleans, Atlanta, and the Rams to finish the year. Um. I could see them going one and two in those games. Yeah. So that that's just a that that's a side note, I guess. But but yeah, I, I just I mean Garoppolo has he's he's got he he's got eleven he's got twenty one touchdowns on the year. Eleven of those came in those three games. Cincinnati in the two games against Arizona. He th- he threw four in each of the games against Arizona and three against Cincinnati. He hasn't thrown more than two in a game outside of those three games. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I, and I mean, so he's he's perfect for San Francisco, right? Yes. I mean, they, they need a game manager. That's what you've got with Jimmy Garoppolo. But to your point, that's not what we want for fantasy purposes. No. You know, so directly behind him is Josh Allen. I would far prefer Josh Allen. I would trade three Jimmy Garoppolos for Josh Allen. Yeah, I agree. Just because you know Josh Allen at least has has some ceiling that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't really have, and and they don't need that from him. That's that's the big thing. It's not that he's not capable. It's just that the San Francisco 49ers have a defense that's going to keep them in every single game. You know they've got running backs everywhere. They 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 Jimmy Garoppolo is is just kind of a, a complimentary piece. He's a role player for them. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So, you know, they, for for fantasy, he, he, he could man, he could win the next the next three straight Super Bowls with the roster that he's on. That doesn't mean that he's a useful player for fantasy purposes. So, you know, I, yeah, I would, I would much prefer the upside that you get with, with Josh Allen. Um, certainly with Cam Newton, I, I would prefer. So these are the guys directly below Garoppolo. It goes Josh Allen, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, Derek Carr. The only one of those guys that I don't think I would prefer over Jimmy Garoppolo, you know who I'm about to say. And, and there's a very simple reason for it. You know, in a redraft league, I would far prefer Jameis Winston. And for dynasty purposes, I think that we've got three more, uh, three more games of Jameis Winston being an NFL starting quarterback. That's the only reason that I would still prefer Jimmy Garoppolo. But you know, if it, if if I was confident that Jameis Winston is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL in 2020, I would take him, even though. 
I hate the decision-making. I hate the turnovers. I'm so sick to death of seeing it. He still gives you, you know, 400 yards and four touchdown upside every single week. Right. So, you know, that's much more useful than Jimmy Garoppolo, even though Jimmy Garoppolo's job is safe. You know, I, I would still prefer Jameis Winston in a starting role, even if he's not particularly safe. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, this is all. Um, real quick, let, let, I just want to talk about some of the outlier guys for you. And uh, so to, to kind of set this up, because this is really quarterback heavy. Um, so part of the, part of the context here. So these mock drafts don't run at the same pace. It's kind of not possible. You know, we've got 12 drafters in each one of these mock drafts. They, first of all, they start at different times, but then we also have, you know, 11 different, different drafters in each of the three mock drafts. And then there's me. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm, I'm the only constant across all three mock drafts. So, you know, you really have 33 different people, uh, drafting in these mock drafts, the speeds are going to vary. So we had the, you know, the first mock draft ended up, you know, it, it wrapped up over a week before the last mock draft finished and they went in this order It went mock one finished then mock three about a week later finished and then a couple days later mock two finished and in that time you know some things changed for sure but um i i there were some pretty extreme differences between you know call like mock one and and mock two which was the first one done and the second one or the last one done uh so First of all, Mason Rudolph, and and I mean, you can you're going to be the one to speak to this one, but he had a standard v- deviation of 65 and three quarters because in Mach one, the first one to finish when he was still the starting quarterback unopposed of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was drafted 91st overall. In Mach two, when he was uh by then you know uh Devlin Hodges had been named the starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers for um this week 13 game against Cleveland Mason Rudolph didn't get drafted so I mean technically he he's ranked to he was given an ADP of 241 but that just means he didn't get drafted in that draft so what's the truth for him where where's the where is his actual value at? Is it is it closer to ninety one? Is it closer to oblivion? <laughs> is it is is it legitimately somewhere in between? It's probably somewhere in between. Um, he, here's the problem. So the problem is we we don't know what the front office is thinking. Okay, I know what I'm thinking as a Steelers fan, mm-hmm. um, but but. As a front office, we don't necessarily know what what the thought process is. Mike Tomlin uh, absolutely loved Mason Rudolph. I mean, loved him when it when it came to the draft process, and they thought they got a first round quarterback in the third round, despite <laughs> despite everyone pretty much thinking they were wrong on that, um, including myself. But 
you know, but had hoped for the best with Rudolph. So he comes out, he has a couple okay games. Then he gets knocked to Mars and he has not looked the same since the Baltimore game. Um, obviously play was bad attitude and all that crap that went down in Cleveland, you know, just overall, it's just a, he has not, he turned the ball over four times in that game too. I mean, and it was, it was ugly too. They weren't like, you know, nice plays by the defense. It was basically, he was, he had no idea a defender was there. Um, I think, I think Pittsburgh found its backup quarterback and I don't think it's Mason Rudolph. Um, I also don't think he's the future anymore. I think they thought he was going to be. Um, and I think they were confident in that when Roethlisberger went out in week two and, you know, Mason had to step in. I think they thought he was going to be the guy. I think they think differently now. And I think that they will shift towards either acquiring a quarterback in free agency, maybe a cheaper option as a bridge guy until they can get some draft picks back and actually draft another young young guy uh, to, to give a chance um, for when Ben is done. It's not going to be one of the guys that, you know, it's not going to be Cam. It's not going to be, you know, I, I don't think Andy Dalton would sit behind Ben Roethlisberger, I don't, you know, but, but, you know, maybe a guy like, maybe a guy like Jameis Winston or, you know, or Marcus Mariota or something like that. I, you know, there, something like somebody that has starting experience in the league, but maybe isn't going to get a starting job. They may bring in as a bridge. And it might not happen this year either. They may feel confident enough in Duck Hodges that they say, hey, Duck's the backup. If Ben doesn't come back, you know, if he if he can't come back from the injury or isn't himself or whatever, then we have Duck. We'll throw him in there and we'll deal with it and and get a quarterback, you know, in the 2020 draft. 20, no, 2021 draft. Um, but yeah, I don't think Mason Rudolph, I, I don't, I think it's, it. I think it's probably somewhere in between those two. I think it's closer to oblivion. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because seven weeks ago we had him as a hundred percent fab. You got to add him. Yeah, I know. Man, did we miss on that one? Yep. Because now, I mean, we've at this point, you know, the the Steelers have seen enough to know that, you know, he's he's not their future. He's not even their 2020. 2020 is it's it's Ben. Ben just actually probably got yep. a pretty big, uh, a pretty big value bump uh, out of you know, out of the, the S show that this has been right. Um, you know, because I, I mean, he just solidified that job as soon as he comes back, you know, whether that is, you know, in time for the 2020 season or not, whenever it happens, he probably walks back into that job. Um, so now the question though becomes, you know, what is the path for Mason Rudolph? And that's, I think what, what drafters were kind of struggling with here and you can actually kind of see the progression because like I said, in that first mock draft, he, you know, he pretty solidly owned that job. And, you know, there was a possibility that they, um, you know, they, they don't activate Ben Roethlisberger in 2020 and, and, you know, just let Mason Rudolph keep that job and just kind of parlay it into a career, you know? 
Yep. And um, so he was drafted 91st overall. It was like, you know, he's he's he hasn't been great, but he's a starting NFL quarterback throwing to Juju Smith Schuster and, um, you know, handing off to James Conner. And, and, you know, he's he's in about as good of a situation as you could really ask for to, you know, a, about a week later, he drops all the way to 217 where it's, you know, he's still a starting NFL quarterback, but that's kind of all he has going for him. And then by the time Mach 2 wrapped up, he wasn't even a starting NFL quarterback anymore. And he's he doesn't really look even necessarily backup worthy. So now the question, like I said, becomes, like, what's the path to him actually being draftable in a super flex league? And I, you know, it, it, first of all, does Pittsburgh move on from him completely like get him off the roster like is there an actual reason to do that necessarily i don't think so no i don't think so not until you know not until they rookie contract right? right exactly or or until they just don't need him i mean if they you know if they have uh if they have confidence in in Hodges as a backup, and they bring somebody else in to compete and grow or something like that uh, into into the backup, and then to eventually groom to be the starter, that's you know then yeah, then maybe they move on from him at that point. But um, I mean, as it stands right now, I don't see them cutting him uh, anytime soon. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so there is kind of a path, but it would basically look like. You know, 2020 rolls around. Ben isn't fully healthy. He's not ready to take on the starting job. Um, but they didn't go out and get anybody in free agency. They're fine with Duck Hodges as, as a starting quarterback going into the season. And then he gets hurt. Like right. that's that's kind of the only path. That's the only way that this works. You know, that's that's, that's the only out that he has. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah. At yeah. least at so, this point. Yeah. And, and I, so, I mean, I think, I, I, I don't know that he's even a handcuff. I, I, you know, when it, when it's that narrow of a path, I don't, I don't know that you draft him. I just, I don't think there's really a reason to do it. Um, here's a guy who probably still is worth drafting. And I, I mean, he was drafted, but, uh, still a very high standard deviation. So, Mason Rudolph had by far the highest. His 65.8 was uh, the highest standard deviation by almost 20 points. Um 20 deviations. Uh Josh Rosen was next and now and then Philip Rivers. Um so in Mach 1 he went 59th overall. By Mach 3 he dropped all the way to 162. And then he actually went a little bit higher in Mach 2 but uh, you know, uh, uh, that's just it over a hundred point drop over a hundred spot drop in one week. And I think that would have been the week where um, maybe that must have been the week where he threw, uh, you know, three interceptions that easily could have been five against the Oakland Raiders. And that's when we started talking about, you know, at what point does Philip Rivers get benched? So, so same thing is, is which side of this is he closer to for you? 59th overall or 162nd overall? Oh. Or is, or even is that too low I'm, or too high? 
Well, I mean, I think obviously, I think the other thing is, I, I mean, if he comes back, I think he's closer to the fifty nine. <laughs> you know, I mean, the the key is we don't know if he's coming back or not. Yeah. So, or or what what L A. God, that still feels weird. San Diego <laughs> uh, is is going to do. You know what the Chargers are going to do if they, you know, if they re, if they bring him back or, um, you know, then then yeah, he's closer to the fifty nine. I mean, I mean, re, I. I I know he's had a bad year, but I mean, I don't know. I, I still think he has some value, especially in Superflex as a QB two. Um, you know, yeah. if he retires, obviously he's he's way closer to one sixty something. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, right now as it sits, I understand. I understand. It just depends on where where your head is. If you think he's coming back, then he's closer to fifty nine. If you don't think he's coming back, then he's probably closer to one hundred and sixty. Yeah. Well, so here's so he, here's to me the most likely scenario, and so I wonder where it puts your value on him based on this happening. I don't think the Chargers bring him back. You know, I I think so. They're going to end up with a high draft pick. Man, they could be looking at Tua for one thing. But, you know, you you still need a bridge quarterback to Tua, especially with the hip injury. Uh, he's certainly not going to be ready day one, um, e- you know, even if that's something that you're willing to do. But and, and it doesn't have to be Tua. You know, it, it could still be, you know, Justin Herbert or um, Jake Fromm, Jordan Love. You know, some of the, the these guys, there's, there's a handful of guys who could, who could potentially be that, that, that pick, you know, a top five draft pick. Um, and, you know, theoretically your quarterback of the future, but you've got a bridge guy with Tyrod Taylor. So I think that you just, you know, you just bridge from, uh, you know, from, from rivers to the rookie that you draft, you probably just bridge that with Tyrod Taylor. I don't think you do it with Phillip rivers. So, you know, so Philip Rivers, free agent after this season anyways, they probably let him walk. So now the question becomes, what's his value in that case? And so I guess what I'm kind of asking you to do is to predict, does he does he find a starting job somewhere else as a bridge quarterback or does he retire? Like that's that's kind of where we're where I think we're going to be at with Philip Rivers. And, you know, to to what extent are you willing to take the risk that he's going to land on another roster as a bridge quarterback for a year? I'm probably not. I mean, yeah. I, you know, with with 11 kids or however many, I think it's 11 now. Um, <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I, I honestly not hyperbole. Yeah. I, I don't think he's he's got at least nine because they said this last time they had enough in their family to make a football team. So, um. I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna bother me if I don't. I, I'm looking. It's the, I, I'm it's, looking it up right now. So. It's literally the second thing. So if you search Philip Rivers, the first thing is his name. Obviously, the second thing is Philip Rivers' kids. So it's a thing. He's got nine kids. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So with with he and his wife, there's uh, yeah, there's a eleven of them. It's wild. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's likely he retires. I mean, I, if, if he doesn't sign, I mean, I think the most likely scenario for Philip Rivers being relevant in in 2020 is if he does, if if he resigns like at a, you know, he signs a one year deal or something like a one year extension, mm-hmm. um, you know, similar to what I mean. Now the Steelers offered Roethlisberger a multiple year extension, but similar to that that type of thing where he he's like, hey, I'll play one more year or. Uh, you know, to make a run. I, the the problem is, I don't think, I don't think that team is making a run next year. So, you know, it's kind of like what you said. What's the point? Like, just let Tyrod go and, and yeah. Uh, you know, in in, in in Rivers really isn't a good a good guy to to you know have your rookie sit behind. You know, you you're not going to learn anything from Philip Rivers exactly. Like he does a lot of stuff that that flies in the face of of the textbook Every, everything that you're trying to teach uh you know a young quarterback philip rivers is out there doing the opposite and it's everything from the attitude and and the you know the trash talk and the the complaining and and acting out to you know the the decision making that leads to you know three should have been five interceptions against the raiders right you know so it, it's it's not you know him as a bridge quarterback to a rookie that's that's not what you want you you would much rather have you know a, a more polished pro like Tyrod Taylor who's actually going to spend time with a rookie and who's going to pass on you know useful information and and good habits to a rookie quarterback yep i'm with you Okay, so yeah, easy enough. I mean, it sounds like we're kind of fading Philip Rivers at this point. We're we're saying most likely scenario is he's not an NFL starting quarterback in uh, in twenty twenty. There are a bunch of these that I feel like we probably need to get to. We absolutely are. I mean, we're just completely out of time at this point. Um, but I, you know, down in this area, you still have Mitch Trubisky. Uh, with a standard deviation of 41 and a quarter. Uh, you still have Dwayne Haskins with a, a standard deviation of 28.4. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys here that that kind of need to be talked about. So we might have to get back to this at some point. Um, Gardner Minshew and Drew Locke are down there too. Uh, so, yeah, we, we might need to revisit this. And I think that we can absolutely get back to ADP every single week. Um, because again, I think there's some pretty important action items here. Um, you know, we didn't frame them the same way that we normally do with our standard operating procedures, but we still, you know, we talked about buys, we talked about sells, we talked about ads, we talked about drops, um, you know, some, some guys to fade based on their, their current value and, and the process behind that. So, um, this is this is something that I think we probably need to stay on top of throughout the the non-point scoring season. We need to um, keep our our SOPs going a little bit, even though they're going to take on a little bit different form. Um, I think uh, I think that's all important important stuff. But uh, for now, Brian Har, um, you know we we uh, we got your fantasy profile. Uh, his, uh, has anything improved over the course of the last, you know, hour and hour and a half? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Damn. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, this was, this was useful, man. I mean, I, I think it's always, uh, 
it's always fun for us and and i think hopefully informative for the listeners um you know going through adp and kind of picking out some things that that we see um and and you guys out there should be doing the same thing you know comb the adp and and see you know what what are some things that you think might be a little bit out of whack and then take advantage of those either by buying or or selling uh you know the guys that that you're after um or where you think you can take advantage of of current ADP values. So, yeah, yeah, and and like I said, we'll 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 have to address this again. I I, I mean, a great way to keep up with this, um, keep up with the ADP values, and um, you know, just overall player values is to get involved in those mock drafts. Uh, normally, I would say you know, watch out for my for my tweets every month. Um, I, I, I'm not totally sure how we're going to collect ADP going forward. So we'll put that on the back burner for the moment. But um, if, if we continue doing it the same way and we continue to source this stuff, definitely jump into a mock draft They're They're super low key. They're, they're laid back. We don't need, we don't start with a timer. Um, you know, we, you, you don't have people telling you how, how much you suck if you, you know, you don't make a pick right away because you're at work or whatever. Um, you just kind of, you know, at your own pace, you make your picks. And and together we build the the super flex ADP for the month uh, that is fi- found at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And again, make sure you're checking that out every month as it's updated uh, to, at the very least, uh, just to keep up with those player values. But uh as uh, but with that, we're gonna wrap it up for now. And again, watch out for the the live show, uh, which is going to be Thursday night at uh, what did they say? Uh, eight Central, nine nine Eastern. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll tweet it out. How about we, that? Yeah, From, there you go. There you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll tweet we'll, it out, and I'll retweet it. There you go. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Team effort, man. <laughs> yes, we, yes. We've there's a well-oiled machine over here as we stumble through this. That's right. Um, but yeah, live show featuring uh, starring uh, Stompy, James the Brain, and Dr. Ethan Turner. And they're going to talk about injuries for week 14. They're going to talk about some matchups and they're going to be answering your start sit questions in the live chat. So uh, definitely make sure to to check that out, but we'll also publish it if you don't get to hear it live uh, so that you can still get your start set advice from the guys. But as we wrap it up for the week, we're going to ask you for a quick question. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation, so that we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful useful to you, the listener, and we can start to hone those processes and turn those weaknesses into strengths. And I got lost because of that. Uh, that's what I get for freestyling. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the vein of listener listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at Superflex Show. You can also send them to either of us individually. I'm at Superflex Dude. 
Brian's at Brian Har FF. Uh, tag us in those trade polls and we can retweet them, help you get more votes and comments. Sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them, and we get to do a lot more of that in a non-point scoring season. We get to devote way, way more of our time to, uh, to helping with not only individual trades, but overall trade strategy. And we've got access to some of the absolute best in the community uh, to come in and help us with that. Uh, I, I keep doing that. I keep going off script, and then and then I forget what's what comes next. I think it's, I think it's the music. We've got cool music. I think I think I think it's cool music. I mean, it might be getting a little old after, you know, two and a half years of of super flex super show. Um, but uh, to me, it's it's an energetic, upbeat song um, that always. Uh, really uh really sets the tone uh for the super show episode so thank you to heart and soul radio for the song the addiction that's what this game is it's an absolute addiction ask mr trade addicts over there no doubt (laughs) and we use that song as our intro and outro music so thank you to the guys uh for for allowing us to use that song and above all else thank you to each and every one of you for listening until next week stay sexy and super flexy.